This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. And I thought, you know, Jesus thought a great deal of the Holy Spirit and his ministry and his involvement. This is not on the screen, but in John, if you, if you, if you take notes, John 16, 7, Jesus said something very unusual to his disciples when he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. He said, for I do, if I go away, I will pray the Father and he will send you another helper. And so he's, he's talking about that he would send the Holy Spirit. Now, I just actually combined two verses. Um, he said, your advantage that I go away, John 14, 16, is where he says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. And I want, to, I want to focus on that verse. One, can you imagine the disciples hearing that it's an advantage for them, for Jesus to go? You've been walking with Jesus. If you've ever had someone in your life who's been just solid and a blessing and they've helped your life, I mean, you know, we're getting ready to have Mother's Day. If you had a mom that just loved you and backed you up and was helpful, you recognize, man, that's somebody valuable in my life. And if you ever had a good friend that you could always count on, someone that was a true friend, you're thinking, boy, they're valuable in my life. Can you imagine how these, these disciples thought about Jesus? He was good to them. He helped them. He healed family members. He helped them pay taxes. He did, he did you, you know they woke up every day going, what is going to happen today? Because I don't think being around Jesus was boring at all. You know, there were some great things happening. In fact, John said the books couldn't, in the world couldn't even contain everything that he, he said and did. So they were excited about, you know, Jesus. People are coming around. It's just a lot of great things happening. And he said, guys, I'm going. And it's good for you that I'm going. And I'm sure they're thinking, what good advantage he said, because if, if I go, I'll pray and I'll send another helper to you. So I'm, I'm going to send someone. John 14, 16, I'm going to send another helper. And that word another is a key word. That word another means another of the same quality. If you, uh, say for example, you had a, a teenager, they got a brand new car, grandparents gave them a brand new car. Not that I think that's ever going to happen with my grandchildren, but I just, <laughs> let's hypothetically talk just for a moment got a brand new car, they're 16 years old, and they wreck it. And they call up and they're so upset. The first thing you say is, are, 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 you, are you okay? And they say, yeah, I'm okay. And you go, don't worry, baby, I'll get you another. <laughs> and then they go, okay, thank you. Then they step out in their driveway about two days later and there's a bicycle. <laughs> they're thinking, wait, I thought you said you... You're going to get me another. Well, I did. I got you another vehicle. See, a bicycle is actually a vehicle. A vehicle, by definition, is a conveyance that transports people. Some of you are like, I'm getting good ideas for what to share with my... <laughs> Daddy's going to get you a vehicle when you're, when you're of age. No, a ve how many of you know that a bicycle is not the same quality as a car? So you walk out and it might... Grandchild walks out and sees the bicycle, and she's like, what's up with this? You said you were going to get me another. I said, another vehicle. I didn't say another car. I didn't say another the same quality. But when Jesus said, I'm going to send you another helper, he didn't send us a bicycle. He sent us one of the same quality of him. Remember, the, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. So he didn't send us, he didn't send us the weak sister of the Godhead. 
He did not send us someone that's inferior. And so he thought a lot of his ministry. Your advantage, we'll send you someone else who's another who will help you. So last week we talked about this. I will not go into all this. He guides us, tells us things to come, teaches us, revealing to us the mind of Christ and the will of God, brings things to our remembrance and imparts hope to us. Here's more of his work in our lives. The number, number one we've got tonight is he convicts us. John 16, 8 through 11. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit convicts. Convicts means to expose, and he exposes our need for God and that we are separated from him. He convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts. There have been nights, and there have been nights, there have been days where I have done messages that I can promise you were not what I would call evangelical messages. They've just been messages. In fact, we've seen many, uh, many responses here. And you're thinking, well, Alan really didn't preach a, a, a message that was really evangelical. It really wasn't geared toward the person that was lost. In fact, on Wednesday nights, a lot of, a lot of my teaching is teaching. And it's not really geared toward someone who maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. And yet almost every Wednesday night when we say, if you would like to know the Lord or come back, hands go up. Why? It's because we just preach hard at them and, and preach them into conviction. We don't have to preach them into conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts them of our need for God. How many, how many of you remember being convicted of your need for God? And so that's his role. That, that's one of the things he does. Here's, and listen, this will help you because when you're talking to relatives or, lo or loved ones and maybe they don't know the Lord and you've got friends and they don't know the Lord, it's not your job to condemn them and it's not your job to convict them. You share what God's done in your life and the Holy Spirit can convict them. I need Jesus in my life. He can do the convicting. Now it does not say condemning. I've heard people say, oh man, the Holy Spirit was condemning me. He was on my case. No, that's not his job. He is not. In fact, Jesus called him a comforter, a helper. He's an encourager. He's not the one convicting you. 1 John 3, not in your notes, 1 John 3, 20 said, if your own heart convicts you, when we sin, have you ever, <laughs> this is rhetorical, but work with me. When, have you ever sinned and felt bad immediately? All of us have. Sinned and felt like, oh, I feel so bad. And if you're not careful, you can feel condemned. And if you're not real careful, and, 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 and the enemy will work on you too on that one. Oh, you're a horrible Christian. You're a lousy Christian. That's why, listen, condemnation doesn't help. Condemnation, we need to get out of condemnation. If you've sinned, this is when you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, I missed it. But if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so you ask for forgiveness and that, that condemnation, that sense of condemnation can leave. It's our own heart that condemns us. The Holy Spirit's there to help us and he'll convict us of our need for Jesus. But then he convicts us of righteousness because we've been made because of Jesus, not us, but because we receive the gift of righteousness, we have right standing with God because of what Jesus has done. Now, Oftentimes, people, again, we want to categorize people. Here are the winners in Christ. Here are the losers. Here are the great Christians. Here are the not-so-great Christians. In Christ, if you've made Jesus your Lord, you have every much as right to go to the throne of God and pray in Jesus' name as I do, as Joy does, as any of the great Christians that you know out there 
can. Because it's not, we don't, we're not coming on our own merits, guys. We're coming on the fact of what Jesus has done for us. And the Holy Spirit will convince us of being in right standing with God. He's convicting us on the inside of, hey, hey, you're, 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 it's okay. He's not putting you down. He's there to lift you up and tell you, hey, God, you've been made in right standing with God. And when you hear that, if you listen to it, not with religious ears, if you listen to it with, with scriptural ears, that's got a joy to it. Thank God we've been made right with God. Thank God I don't have to earn my way. I don't have to witness to X amount of people. I don't have to be good or be perfect. It's what Jesus did for me. And because he made me in right standing, now I can live that way. Not, 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 I live that way so I can be in right standing. Does that, does that make sense? So Holy Spirit's there to remind us we have right standing with God because of what Jesus has done. And instead of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Don't have time to go into it night, but he's referring to the he's referring to Satan, who's also called, he, Jesus refers to him again as the ruler of this world. Not big ruler, but the one who has authority. And that's why when Jesus defeated him, his authority over your life and my life, because we've made Jesus our Lord, is nil. We're not in his kingdom. And Colossians has said we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God's dear son. So we're in a whole different kingdom. So if you're like, oh, I'm so afraid, Alan, I, I don't want to talk that way about the devil. I don't want to make him mad because I don't want him messing with my life. Listen, he has no right to mess with your life. And so you're not in his kingdom. You've heard me say this over, over and again, bears repeating. Have you ever had a job that you hated and you got a new job? If your boss is here, just look straight ahead. Just don't even look this. Uh... <laughs> job you hated, you got another job. You've been on that new job for two weeks. You love it. You love everybody there. It's like you're, it's like you're working at the Ark. It's just the most wonderful place. <laughs> it's just a great place. And you, and, and you get a phone call early in the morning. One morning you look up. And, you're, and, and it's your boss's name, your old boss's name that comes up on your caller ID. And out of habit, you kind of reach for it with trembling hands. And you pick it up and he goes, where are you? You better get yourself in here or I'm telling you it's going to be old. And, you're, and, you're, and then you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I quit that job. I don't work for you. And then you get a big grin on your face. Because you're like, oh no. Let me tell you something. <laughs> ex-boss I got a new boss now I'm working at the ark it's a wonderful place <laughs> it is not like your place which was nasty and negative this is a wonderful place it's a good place and by the way I ain't never I know it's bad English I ain't never coming back and I'm not ever listening to anything you got to say and the next sound you hear is me hanging up click like, but that's your boss. That was my boss, but I'm not, I don't work. You don't work for him anymore. He has no right to boss you, intimidate you, or do anything else to you. The ruler of this world is judged. And the Holy Spirit is going to remind you, we're in a whole, you're in a whole lot better situation. He convicts us. The second thing he does is he witnesses to us. Romans 8, 16 says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 
When you pray, when you make Jesus your Lord, there's a, there's a, a, a witness on the inside. The word witness simply means to testify as one who can give a firsthand account, one who furnishes evidence. He witnesses to us that we're God's children and we belong to his family. You make Jesus Christ your Lord. And maybe it took you a little while to recognize that. And you, you came into the kingdom and you, you, you received the Lord. You came into the kingdom. And maybe the first few times someone said, well, are, are you, did you get religion? You're like, uh, no, no, I, no, I, I, I made Jesus my Lord. But if you notice that after a while, you just have a, a witness on the inside. I feel good in here. I belong to God. And, it's, and, and the Holy Spirit's going, yeah, I can testify to that. I have firsthand experience that you do belong to God. And he witnesses to us. It's a witness. He, and you're going, am I saved? Am I saved? And the Holy Spirit says, I'm a witness. Yes, you are. And it, it's, a, it's a good thing. He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Third thing he does he helps us become fruitful. Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. He helps us become fruitful. The more we yield to him, or that means give in to him, the better we look character-wise. His leading and work in our lives are in line with his fruit. So the Holy Spirit, it leads us in line with love, joy, peace. He's not going to lead us toward being selfish or sad or stressed. It's love and joy and peace. And he works these fruit in our life. These, this is character fruit. This is something that he continues to work and something you can continue to grow in. But he's going to help you and encourage you in that area. I'm so glad. Love, joy, peace. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is not making us sad. He's not making us stressed. He's not the one who's like, ah, oh, I just feel so stressed. In fact, he's the one that, will, that will, will bring peace to you. And you don't even know why you have peace. If you've ever been in a situation, you're like, I don't know why I am so peaceful. I've seen it a lot um, when, uh, when loved ones go on. And you see people, just, they, they seem just like, it's like the Lord just carries them for a while. And there's just a, a peace that can come on their lives. And so he's, he's working all these things. That, that, that obviously is, a, is an entire series, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. And as we grow, as we become, uh, as we mature, what's going to begin to show up in our lives? More love, more joy, more peace, more kindness, more gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the character fruit. He equips us. This is number four. He equips us. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the self-same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Manifestation of the spirit we're talking about. Now, depending on your, your background, these are referred to as the gifts of the spirit. 
the fruit of the Spirit is character. The gifts of the Spirit are more power-oriented. And so there are gifts, in other words, the ways the Holy Spirit can manifest himself in my life, in your life, and it's for the benefit of other people in the body of Christ. It will help them. Let me just talk about a couple of them first. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. It's a word. People say, well, that's, that's wisdom, that's learning. No, no, this is a manifest, this is something the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit works. You can get, you can get wisdom from reading. This is a word of wisdom. And a word of wisdom is usually a word concerning the plan and will of God that concerns the future. The word of knowledge is, is, is a word, and it's a supernatural thing because the Holy Spirit works it, is a word that concerns the, the present. A number of years ago when I was in Bible school, I worked retail at, at Dillard's, and so I wasn't due to go in too late. So they had a, what they call a prayer class. And a prayer and healing class was a class that they, they, they had. We have a healing class here that runs on Wednesday nights. It's for people who are dealing with, with emotional pain, dealing with physical pain uh, and, and sickness. And it's a blessing. And I was at this class. It was in the afternoon. And I was sitting next to a girl. I didn't know who she was. I was sitting next to her. And before the class started, she started talking to me. And she asked, you know, where I was from. And I, I told her and she was talking. And she said, I have been just under horrible depression. She said, it's, it's just been horrible. She said, I can hardly function. I can hardly, I can hardly operate. She said, I, I'm just here. I, I know I need help. And I'm here. And I just listened. And I said, okay. And um, the class was, was, was going to start in a few minutes. And she stopped talking. And I, I was looking down at my Bible. And all of a sudden, just, and it was a word that came is that this girl was going to get set free that day. Well, I, I didn't quite know what that was. And so I, I, I have to admit, I was a little timid about it. It's the first time it happened to me. And I looked at her, her I said, um, you're going to get set free. I really believe you're going to get set free today. She's, she looked at me, she said, did the Lord tell you that? <laughs> I said, yeah. And then I sat back and went, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> well, they had a, a, they had a, a session where they, they taught on prayer, and then they actually had us break into small groups. And I was in one group, and this girl was in another group. And we were praying, and all of a sudden, you just heard her shout. And she just began to say, oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. And uh, she just, oh, praise God. And the look on her face was so completely different from the woman I sat beside that day. You knew something had happened to her. How, how, many, of you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You, 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 can, you can tell, and, and I've been depressed before, so I understand this. Depression can, can, can come on somebody, and it almost covers them up like a cloak. And it's just what you can see. They walk in a room and, and, and you don't, first, what's the first thing you say? What's the matter? What's wrong? How I many of somebody could walk right in a room and, and say nothing? And you look at them and go, what's the matter with you? Nothing. <laughs> the look on her face, just, she radiated. And, and she, was, she came over, she hugged me, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. 
word of wisdom gave her insight of what God was going to do in the future, and it was that day. Word of knowledge is knowledge of something that's going on right now. We were at Lakewood. Pastor Osteen was, was, no, actually Tommy Birchfield was the youth pastor at that time, and I happened to be working with the youth. I'm sitting with the youth and some of the youth leaders, and Tommy started talking about, he got off on a tangent, started talking about uh, not getting married to unbelievers. The scriptures say, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And he was writing to believers, encouraging them not to marry people who were not in the faith. And the reason being was, he said, you're not, you're not yoked right. You're, it's going to cause problems. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It, it can cause problems. So it, it, the, the admonishment to single people was, don't marry a believer. And Tommy went off on this, and he started talking about, you know, and some of you are, you know, you could be dating somebody, and you think they're just so awesome, but, but, they're, but they're not. And, it, it's, and I just looked over at the girl next to me, and I kind of punched her. I said, you wouldn't do that, would you? She turned white. She just blanched. She didn't say anything more. Two weeks later, she comes up to me. She said, I can't believe you said that to me. I said, said what? She said, you asked me if I was doing that. She said, I've been dating a guy. We were engaged. He's not a believer. My parents have not been happy about this. I know he's not a believer. I know it's wrong. He said, as soon as you said that to me, I'm like, oh gosh, now God knows. <laughs> and, and she broke up with him and thanked me later. Word of knowledge. I didn't know that. I didn't know the other one. What's that? You know the Holy Spirit inside of us knows everything? And he can just, he can just drop a word on you. Not, not six pages. Some people said, Alan, I've got a word for you. And it's like page after page after page. I, I, I told Wilma, I said, We've got a, we have a running rule. If it's long, it's wrong. Just give me a word. He can give you a word. But these are manifestations of the Spirit. Most people say, Alan, that, that stuff passed away. No scripture that says they passed away. Because I can tell you that, that gifts of healings are still working. I can tell you that miracles are still working. God's still doing amazing things. He's still working because the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. And I know sometimes people say, well, all that stuff passed away. No, it actually hasn't. And that's good news for us because that means that there is still a supernatural realm that exists that can be a part of our lives, that can help us, that can encourage us, that can strengthen us, that can cause healing to come to us and do wonderful things. He equips us. And these are, by the way, these are not just gifts we own, but the ways that the Holy Spirit shows up through us. And the purpose is not to glorify us. The purpose is to glorify Jesus. Jesus said when he's come, Holy Spirit, he'll glorify me. Number four was in four, one, two, three, four, five. Number five, he helps us pray. Romans 8, 26. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We are limited in our knowledge of situations. He is unlimited, and he can help us pray 
And in the weeks ahead, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. I'm going to talk about praying in the Holy Spirit. And then the, the number six tonight is what I will definitely go into next week. He empowers us. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This was a passage, it's a famous passage, it's found in Acts, the, the first chapter. Jesus was talking to his disciples. And the disciples he was talking to are the people that, that travel with him, walk with him, work with him for three years. And Jesus told him, he said, now before you go, guys, in fact, he told them this in Luke, he said, I need you to stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So I need you to stay. And so that's why they stayed. That's why they were in the upper room. They were doing exactly what Jesus said. He said, don't go, don't leave until you get the power that you need to do it. And so the beautiful thing about it is the Holy Spirit can empower our lives. And here's what he's empowering our lives to do. One, to be a witness for Jesus. Now, when I say be a witness for Jesus, some of you get the shudders because you think about your Baptist visitation days when you would go knock on doors and visit with people who did not want to visit with you. And, or you would go witnessing. I used to, someone got me when I was going to Lakewood. I'd, I'd just gotten saved, just came back to the Lord, and someone said, hey, we're going down to Montrose, and we're going to witness. This is 1981. And here I went, not knowing what was going on. Montrose was an eye-opener for this boy right here. I can tell you. <laughs> I, I remember witnessing to this girl. And when she left, brother said, did you, did you talk with Jose? I said, who, who was Jose? He said, that was, that was the, the guy you were just talking to. I said, that wasn't no guy I was talking to. He said, yeah, it was. Jose is a guy. And I'm like, Oh, Lord, I need <laughs> So I could have sworn it was a girl. So glad I was engaged. Anyway, I was, uh, I'm like, mercy. This, this is a brand new ball game for Alan. But we would go and we would witness and we would talk to people. We do that, that is a form of witnessing. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. We saw some, we saw some ama amazing things that, that, for sure, including God doing some amazing things and God working in, in people's lives. But the idea is to be a witness. Jesus said you would be a witness. In other words, that our lives would testify to the fact that Jesus is real and he's alive. And you really, there's nothing stronger than having a life that testifies. And so a life that shows that Jesus is alive, a life. Listen, when people find out you can pray, they'll find you. When your coworkers, they might be laughing at you, but if they find out you're a believer and you pray, they'll come, they'll come slip by your office or your cubicle and they're like, they're looking around, they're going, um, would, you, would you pray for me? And you're like, what's up? Well, my, me and my, my wife, man, we're, we're having some, some tough times. Would, would you pray? That's being a witness. You're like, absolutely. Don't jump up right there and go, Father, in Jesus' name, I just helped. No, no just, just be cool. Be cool. It, the Bible, my pastor used to say this. He said, don't hose everybody down with Jesus. Just sprinkle them with Jesus. 
Next week, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Depending on your background, you may know something about it. You may not know anything about it. It will be, it'll be good. It'll be a good, it'll be a good time. And so we'll, we'll talk about this. I, I can tell you just personal testimony, 37 years. I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I look back on it as one of the high water marks of my entire Christian life. It has been a huge help for me. He has helped me in my prayer life. He has helped me in my life period. And so we'll talk about that. And we'll, we'll talk about it. If you come from a Baptist background, you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to get weird. Nothing's going to get weird. We believe that the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's good. Amen. He's solid. And he makes solid believers, not weird believers. Weird believers were weird before he came into their lives. <laughs> he makes us solid and he empowers us to live a life for God. I mean, the, the real key here, guys, is this. Is Jesus was saying, you guys have a, have a job to do. You need power to do it. Amen. And so we have a job to do. We want to do it. It's like I said before. If you have a choice between an eight-cylinder and a four-cylinder, take the eight. More power is better. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, for the goodness and the grace of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that he still works and manifests in lives and sets people free. Father, I just pray tonight for everyone who deals with depression and oppression and just feels like they're in such a dark, deep hole. And Father, I thank you that in Jesus' name, that power is broken over their life. Those who belong to you are free. And we thank you for that. Thank you for ministering your life and strength that depression does, might have been a part of their past, but it does not have to define their future. And we thank you for that. As the heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here this evening and say, Alan, I, I don't really know if I have a relationship with the Lord, but I want to be sure. Or you say, I, I know I had a relationship at one time, but I got away from him. Would you? And you would like our prayers. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front. We'll pray for you right there, right where you are in your seat. But if that's you and you're saying, would you, I want to know, I want to be sure, or I want to come back, would you pray for me? I just need you to slip your hand up real quickly. You say, I need Jesus in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand you, and, you, and you wanted to, you can still get in on this prayer. This, you can pray this. Let's pray it out loud. We're all going to pray it with you so you can hear yourself pray. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer tonight. And Father, thank you for those that have, have come back to you. And Father, for those that have received you for the very first time. What a wonderful thing it is to walk in your ways. How blessed we are. How happy we are. And it's well with us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.